Hello and welcome to Downtown Manam, the podcast. We are here for episode number two. My name is Becca Schoenborn, here with my co-host, Dustin. That's right. Dustin Dubuque. I get a last name too, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was afraid I was going to pronounce it wrong, even though, that's oh, really? not, yeah. even though I know how to pronounce your name. That's I'm right. Usually I say your, uh, your uh, maiden name, so yeah, it's all good that's now. All right. <laughs> but no, yeah, we're here for the first official episode with a guest so we do have uh, another voice on the microphone with us but before we get there we do have to cover a couple downtown menominee based things um by the time you guys are hearing this uh it'll be about a week and a half out of our wine walk event that we host here in downtown menominee uh do you want to tell us a little bit about it becca absolutely doing so... so much work for it our wine walk is our summer event in downtown menominee you can um, get tickets on our website but we will have a bunch of stops at businesses downtown where you can sample a wine that is available for purchase or um, buy the glass at a restaurant or business in our downtown area it is a really fun thing to do with your friends you can get a ticket for thirty dollars or two for fifty so grab a friend or your partner or whoever you like to drink wine with and come join us. Yeah. And the tickets are available, again, if you're listening to this, before the date of this, June 12th. Uh, there's two uh, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and 4 p.m. slots. They're available on Eventbrite or through the Downtown Menominee Facebook page. You can find it. I'm sure it'll be easy to do. But yes, 14 stops, 14 wines. Come downtown, enjoy the day, get out and about. It's going to be fun. I think it's a great time. We did it two years ago for the first time, so it was really, really good. We have had the tough job of sampling a lot of wines to pick That's the true. very best ones for all of our stops. What a difficult It was process. a really, really hard thing to do for our board of directors. We definitely did not enjoy ourselves at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> to test wine. So, yeah, so that should be a good time. Uh, yeah, so that's some, some fun stuff going on town, downtown Menominee. Yeah. But we're here with Melissa Neeland. Welcome. First guest. Rolling in. No pressure. No Local pressure. celebrity. Local celebrity. <laughs> coming in here cold, no questions prepared, nope. just to chit-chat for a little while. Um, uh, a lot of people would know Melissa. She is currently the executive director of the Dunn County Historical Society, but people probably know her because she's super involved in the Menominee Theater Guild, the Mabel Tainer Theater, the city of Menominee. Um, she's all about uh, Menominee. So that's why where I wouldn't Any be on the Downtown Menominee podcast for the first exactly. episode. So, welcome. Thank you. So, I guess, do we have to start with the basic question of tell us about yourself? And because that's what we want to get across here, I think, is that type of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I feel like I should be at least okay at this because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, does that give me any credit at all? I don't that's know. That's about <laughs> our experience as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you did cover kind of the the most of it there i'm also um i'm on the historic preservation commission that really gives me um a good connection to the downtown area and um it makes me i just love being downtown uh absorbing all of that history um yeah i have lived in menominee since 2013 and uh i just i love it here i think it's fantastic um i, I get involved in so many things i think because there's so many people here who also get involved and there's such a chance to make change and, and opportunities to create really cool things. Uh, so I think this community makes it very easy to get involved. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. It kind of 
it kind of naturally just sucks you into getting it involved does. in whatever your little niche is. It, there's something for everybody. And oh, then, you do then, that? Yeah, oh, then can once you, do you that? get involved, you get sucked in even more when people figure it out. That's yep. it. That's what always happens. That's the reason why all of us are involved in mm-hmm. more than probably three things. Yeah. Oh, you like to do things outside of your job? Oh, yeah. oh you do this too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've been a part of that fundraiser? Well, what about this fundraiser? <laughs> yeah. And then you know someone who works here? Well, what about, yeah. Exactly. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> So how did you get involved in the historical society and that whole world of history and you know before before I even moved here I worked at the Minnesota History Center in St. Paul uh, and I was part of a program called the History Players where you portray an actual person from history in elementary schools senior care facilities um, and I had a a good friend of mine who was portraying uh, the baseball player Tony Stone and the uh, historical society here the Dunn County Historical Society had a great exhibit about the Negro Leagues and African-American baseball Mm. a really cool exhibit and not not a topic that you see in a lot of places Mm -hmm. Um, and so and Tony Stone was a female yes uh, African-American baseball player yes so she from uh, from the Twin Cities area yep and so uh, my friend Erica and I were like, oh, well, we're going to go. We got to go see that. Um, and I was dating someone here at the time who is my now husband. Um, and so I was like, hey, trip to Menominee. Cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, we came and went to the Historical Society, saw the exhibit, um, and I was floored. I, I was so impressed that I think most people have an idea in their brains when they go to a historical society in a town of what what that experience is going to be um and that it's um you know lots of cool stuff usually one or two rooms um but this museum was huge and uh doing some uh really sophisticated interpretation and i don't mean that to sound like the big city person coming in and being you know it's just that with the amount of resources you have you don't always have the ability to go in as in depth as you would like and i think that uh, I think that the Dunn County Historical Society has kind of bucked that trend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that was my first my first trip here, and my first trip, you know, kind of appreciating the history here. Um, and then I also attended a Shakespeare in the Park put on by the Menominee Theater Guild in the historic bandshell in Wakanda Park, oh. and that was another thing where I just I was floored. I thought if if this is the kind of art and history that's happening in this community, I could make a home here. I could be a part of this place. And uh, yeah, I haven't regretted it. I love that. That's such a special story. (laughs) (laughs) Everything kind of just like fell into place too that. It really did. You ended up wanting to come visit that exhibit and you were dating somebody in the same place. Yeah. So then when you came to Menominee, what was like the first, uh, what was the first gig that you had? So I came to Menominee and was very fortunate to be able to work with the Dotseth family who own uh, Wilson Place Mansion, which is the historic home of uh, one of Menominee's founders, Captain William Wilson, and then his uh, then uh, child and her husband, who is James Huff Stout. Um, oh. And then uh, their nephew, the the Lapointe family. They're all connected. Yeah, so hundred years ago, everybody in Menominee was connected. I've yeah. kind of gathered that. Learn the more I learn about this community, the more I everybody had the same 
four last names. It exactly. seems like, and Everyone. you just have to kind of yeah. figure if out. If you go to North who. Menominee, you look at the roads. Yeah. yeah, that's how you know they're all named right after. It's so funny. I'm not going to throw the person under the bus who did this, but somebody who I know who is very into history uh, the other day said to me. Um, you know, I just realized, so all the streets, like I knew, you know, Tainter, Wilson, all those streets are named after historic people, but then the other streets are like Pine, like they're all after the kinds of wood that was cut down by the lumber industry. Oh. I was like, see, you could discover something. I all never, those, I never yeah. put that together right? either. <laughs> right? So all those little things that, that kind of come together, history is, it's, it sounds so cheesy, man, our history is everywhere, man. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. (laughs) As a history person, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, so so I um, was very fortunate to be um, able to work with the dot sets for a few years to... And before you move on, tell us a little bit more about Wilson Place. Just because I know, um, you know, because it is right outside the downtown. Mm -hmm. It's currently been closed for a couple years now. I know a lot of people, you know, it's impossible to miss when you come by the bridge Mm -hmm. or right on Broadway. It's it's right there. It's a beautiful, beautiful It's a beautiful building. building. It's went through so many iterations um, over the last hundred and 30 years yeah. or whatever it was built. There's... Um, so I think a lot of people are interested. If you haven't been to Menominee, it's really cool to see. It's too bad you can't see the inside. But even from the outside, it's beautiful and it's a great location. Right. Um, but it has a pretty cool story, too. It really does. And the the first family who lived there, of course, was um, kept the Wilson family, Captain William Wilson. And he came to the area and um, set up. The really cool thing about – I keep going on tangents. But the really cool thing about that area is the um, – the lumber industry, which really was what brought the the white population and immigrants um, to this area. Um, and we, of course, have to acknowledge that the land that we're on has been uh, the home to many Native people long before we were here. Absolutely. Um, but that there was the lumber industry kind of trickling a little bit. And Captain Wilson came here. He really thought, this is the place. Um, and purchased a mill from uh, a gentleman whose last name was Black. I can never remember his first name, but it's called Black's Mill. Um, and he then, they purchased that mill. He did that with uh, John Holly Knapp, and they started to make some money and uh, eventually brought in both um, the Tainter family and then the Stout family as well. But Captain Wilson purchased that chunk of land, it's not much bigger than it is now, uh, made a house that was a, beautiful federal style house, white, you know, wood house, um, on the same foundations where that house is today that Uh you look at and, uh, lived there for a very long time, his whole life. Then eventually his daughter married the son of one of the other lumber partners, conveniently. Um, (laughs) and they purchased the house and this is the height of the, the classic, what we would call Victorian era. And they built a really beautiful mansion, uh, marble fireplaces and a ballroom on the on the one of the upper floors and uh, so they they created that beautiful house added onto it for a number of years so it was this behemoth of a home just so decadent and beautiful <laughs> yeah if you google yeah. Wilson Place Mansion the yeah. first like I think it's the first image you'll see is the picture of the history picture of when it was a mammoth of a house yes and there's the one the classic one you see is it's got um, like a bunting american flag bunting yes. on it that's not fourth of july it's actually the anniversary of the nap stout and co company oh okay but it was there's a you can see if you look close there's an orchestra this on the yeah 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 there's an orchestra on the um balcony there and that's actually before it got expanded 
So oh it was my expanded. Gosh, it's already huge. Yeah, it was expanded from there. So if you're looking at that image and there's the turret, um, they expand the turret out and it becomes covered. Um, yeah, there's the three three iterations of just that Victorian home. Wow. Yeah, so what happens to get it to where it is now? So, yeah, you fast forward um, to approximately <sighs> 1920s, um, into the 19th, uh, by the 1930s, it was already changed. But um, James House Stout passes away. His um, remaining son and wife uh, live there. They eventually move as well. Um, and the George LaPointe Jr. moves in. Now, follow me on this. George LaPointe Jr. is the son of one of Captain Wilson's daughters. So Captain Wilson has a number of children. Mm -hmm. One of his daughters is Angelina Wilson. She marries James Huff Stout. Okay. So there's that generation. Her sister has a son, and he's the one who moves in. Ah, okay. Um, and he's the son, so uh, he's their... Um, uh, George LaPointe Sr. is a famous Civil War veteran in Michigan. Um, they uh, do very well. George LaPointe moves into the, this Victorian house with his wife, Irene LaPointe, um, which, by the way, if you want me to ever go on a tangent about the love story between George LaPointe and Irene LaPointe, <laughs> we can do we'll that. We'll do a dedicated episode oh, of yeah, the LaPointe right. family. Just, just her clothing. Chef's kiss. It's amazing. <laughs> if you've never met Melissa, her wardrobe is incredible. <laughs> it's, yes, it's, it's true. It's an addiction. <laughs> uh, but uh, the so they move in, and the thing that I always want to remind people is, yes, that Victorian home was stunningly, heart-achingly beautiful. Uh, but when you think of the post-World War I era, all of these folks had been through... Uh, world, of course, World War One, um, a number of conflicts around the world. Uh, the uh, 1918 flu. Uh, there's, there's no romance associated with the past. Mm -hmm. Like especially in the 1980s and 1990s, people are like, "Give me that sweet, sweet Victorian amazingness." Yep. 1920s. That is not the case. You say I always think of it like today. If you were like, let's totally preserve that 1980s house. Right. And people are like, gross. No. Right. Why I don't we want do that? that? It's not history yet. I don't want that shag carpeting. Or, I mean, that's even 70s. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's so it's, it was too paneling. close. Yeah. Exactly. It was too close to be romanticized. Okay. Also, there's two of them. And that house was massive. Yeah. And George LaPointe ran the uh, LaPointe Lumber Company. So for a a uh, up-and-coming businessman, uh, not even up-and-coming, an established businessman, to live in an old, old-ish, uh, Victorian, old-fashioned house mm -hmm. with two people. It's just not practical on so many levels. So they took off, like, the, I believe it's the Western, I have to double-check on that, but, like, two-thirds of that Victorian house. Oh, wow. Uh, the really cool thing is many of those homes in that area, in that neighborhood, um, actually have pieces from the stout house oh yeah uh which is kind of a cool like there's lots of recycling happening mm -hmm. anyway what they do they take off those that that bit of the house they uh put really beautiful cream colored stucco with mica chips in it so it sparkles the house sparkled and it had <laughs> uh, a multicolored uh roof it was clean it was modern contemporary um there was a lot of um influence from 
uh, multiple uh, Asian countries in that time and, and the, the kind of nomenclature for it that we, of course, would never use today would be um, Orientalism. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so pseudo, also like chinoiserie, this like pseudo-Chinese uh, style. So like the, um, the wallpaper had bamboo shoots and like green linoleum on the floor. And sure. again, today, Incredible. linoleum. What? What? But yeah. they had this. They have this African mahogany staircase, and wow. then this green linoleum floor, and it's just like so modern and cutting edge. So that's what they did to the house, and why it why it now has that sure. that look. Um, Got it. So I try to tell people also just think about the amount of money um, that has been the love and money that has been invested into keeping Wilson Place alive right now, yeah. the way it is. You imagine if it was two thirds again as big and it was all made of wood. Right. Yeah. There's no way they would have been torn down. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Some stuff you well, can't and even, preserve. Yeah. Even, and even a house like that in the location it's in, it's amazing that it still stands. Yeah. And that's why it's mm -hmm. good that we had people that purchased it and kept it. Right. In general, because I mean, it is on probably the nicest part of real estate that you could get overlooking the lake. Exactly. Right over the river. And that, mm -hmm. that, um, that stone wall that's in front, that was lovingly moved stone by stone when the, I believe it was when the freeway and the, like the lake was being raised. Um, a number of things all came together. And the, again, the Dotseth family um, said, no, we're not, this is part of its history. It's beautiful sandstone. Mm -hmm. They moved that whole wall and had like some, uh, and I'm not remembering the gentleman's name, but he was like a, of that old school of masonry and taught Tim, you know, right. like he, amazing school of, of, you know, work, getting to learn of, alongside these historic artisans and masons. Right. They moved that whole wall up and that's that wall you see today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. Yeah. Over and that sandstone too, that is part of our history, part of our town's history. And yep. when you drive and... through, you can see it. It's on our our co-op building we yep. specifically put sandstone on it because it is part of our community and that is i love part that of our history that's awesome and it's not something that you would generally think of when you look at like the co-op mm -hmm. again this really great slick modern like model of a co-op <laughs> and then but all those the attention to detail mm -hmm. and that's again this community people have pri deep pride yep. in their roots here and just knowing how our historical preservation society works too and the small amount I've been introduced to that over the last few years that I've lived here, it seems like people here are really dedicated to keeping that history alive and making sure everything stays beautiful and Yeah. And it's hard. Preserved. I can imagine it is an incredibly hard <laughs> thing yeah. to do. I mean, business owners and, and building owners, the the dedication it takes to to work towards keeping buildings historic is no small thing. Exactly. Um, and I'm sure it would be much easier and much cheaper to just yeah. rebuild with slap some siding on it. Exactly. Right. But well, and, and as Melissa said earlier, you know, since we're speaking of downtown, you know, we have a four block main street. Mm -hmm. That's a historic downtown that Melissa sits on that, you know, of course being in downtown Menominee, we, we work a lot with, and yeah, that's what Melissa and her, group of people are there to do is just to make sure that the people that bought these buildings these buildings are historically remembered and we need to keep them that way yes right. we want to move them into this modern times with certain things but also we don't want to take away from why they're why they are because without this what would have kept them some of these buildings there you right. know without a historic district you know to take over these things and without people overlooking them so yeah yeah well, okay so 
We went from Wilson Place. We got to get to the Historical Society. Yeah. I suppose we need cheap plugs for you anyway. Wilson Park, come on down. <laughs> Wakanda Park. Sorry, You're the wrong, Wakanda Park. Wow. I just had a park. I just had a meeting where uh, one of the things we we're talking about how, how awesome Wilson Park is. So Wilson Park is Wilson great. Park is really awesome. <laughs> really, really, really nice park outside of Menom- in in Menominee. Yes, Wakanda Park. Another Wakanda thing park. people love in this town right. is was, the parks. Is yeah. the parks? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really true. beautiful parks. So yeah, Historical Society located down in Wakanda Park. Yep. Oh, my face is like red. Oh no. <laughs> like they don't they, people have troubles finding it enough now and I they're calling the wrong park Just, oh. but as Melissa was kind of saying earlier we the the Menominee has a really nice historical society yeah. that when it was built in the late 90s I mean it's a state of the art I think people hear that term historical society sure. and there's a negative connotation on it I'm sure yeah. of like this like you know it's some old building with just some stuff stuck to the walls yeah mm-hmm. the word like dingy and dark, dark kind of comes yeah. to mind just like yeah one person sitting in there with a pot of coffee on in the right. corner ours is wh- the complete opposite the first time i was there i was shocked at, at how many turns you can get through that museum oh, like yeah. how it's does huge. it keep going yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like i was so surprised to find that right and just how much of our history is preserved in that space is yeah. Incredible. It's and the cool thing is that you think about with most museums too is a very small percentage of w- the things we actually preserve are even on display. Right. Um, and that is, I, I will say, so everyone knows, that is the case with every museum you go to. I mean, the Louvre has like one percent or less of yeah, their collections. Yeah, because this is the uh, the average is like three to five percent, yep. right? The, yeah. Of what you see is what a museum actually hosts right so there's there's people that that's their job is to just sit in the back and make sure these things are preserved forever yeah Mm -hmm. that they stay safe and they can get you know changed out there's lots of there's a lot of amazing things that uh like the some sometimes the way we talk about things like i talk about a a hat or or a a piece of clothing or an artifact a physical artifact and and say oh well that needs to rest you know, mm-hmm. you right. know, like we think you have to think about them in the ways of, of all of the pressures. They've survived a long time. And right. then, you know, sitting under a light for a long time can cause them. Everyone has had, you know, something they've left in the back of their car and then it gets sun bleached yep. right. or any they've left. A, they've left a pair of shoes in the back of their closet and maybe they got moldy because it was some damp or something, you know, yeah. it just happens. Um, but our job is to make sure that that doesn't happen mm-hmm. uh and and when you have th- thousands of things that you're taking care of pieces of paper and and all of that um it can be a big job and and that is our our number one job is is saving the things right and then our next job is utilizing using or utilizing those objects to tell stories that allow people to see themselves reflected in history and to make that connection that, um, you know, things have changed so much and that is amazing to see. And some things, the human condition, to sound highly dramatic, <laughs> has also not changed at all. Yep, right. exactly. Um, and so, I mean, I, I love seeing people discover something they've never seen before mm-hmm. and learning something completely new and having their mind blown. And I also really love when someone comes in and sees like the phone booth and says, why is this in here? Like I used one of these, (laughs) (laughs) but then, you know, their kid or their grandkid is like, what is this? Right. Exactly. Well, and isn't that a mentality you have to push out too of like, uh, even now you should not think of throwing everything away because our society has been so quick to just 
get rid of things like mm-hmm. you don't use it anymore throw it away yeah, yeah. where yep. someday we're not going to have a lot of things left about this time other and, than digital right and so digital history. that's a whole nother like, yeah that has, oh to be, that has to be scary in the museum world is digital I, yeah. you know the biggest the biggest thing that i want to see how it shakes out is newspapers mm-hmm. right so you come into the museum or the genealogical society which is also housed at the museum um we can not only can you come through and and do some really cool programming and make a thing in our steam fulton's workshop or see some amazing historic cars or check out you know just there's all kinds of cool things to see but you we can research and one of the main ways that we look to find things for example we did an we've just done an exhibit about uh prohibition and that there was a homebrew joint right in North Menominee. And we've got all these great artifacts and stories. And part of it is, is that um, everyone, you think of Prohibition, you think Chicago, New York, right. you know, like these big towns and, and all of these things. But you comb, you don't even have to comb, it's right there in the 1920s, 19-teens, 1910s, 1890s newspapers. And you see that the issue of uh prohibition had been debated in this area long before the 1920s and then all of a sudden i'm able to show right on the wall how many how many times we voted to have like in what towns where they say like weston is a local oasis and (laughs) basically it's the idea that um newspapers are oftentimes the um big and little stories that happen in our area and allow us to track individuals, businesses, all of those things. And as they go digital or get bought by larger corporations and are no longer made in our communities, um, I sound like I'm on a rampage now, but um, (laughs) as that happens, we lose those stories. It's important though. Like that's something that people probably don't think about. It's so easy to consume content digitally but we don't think about the fact that not all of that stuff is archived places and if there's not people intentionally saving it someday we might not be able to easily google something and find history about or if it's not even made if it's not even made like it then some of the newspapers are now a page long two pages long well even i think of my like social media pages as like as a place to hold my stuff like Mm -hmm. i do think that but i could delete it and Five minutes sure. if right. I wanted to. I could just go up there and delete my profile yeah. and lose 12, 13 years of personal history, history on there, which is going to be interesting to see how we can figure out upcoming of how we can save those things. Or, you know, I mean, obviously the cloud exists and all these sure. things, but like a Facebook feed. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it probably exists somewhere, but when the access to it comes up. Yeah. But on a more cheerful note, it is hopeful <laughs> and exciting that there are people who are still wanting to preserve those things. They're noticing those things and I think trying to right. trying to mitigate that a little bit. So, And that's why historical societies are so important. Yay. Yes. Support ours. <laughs> so We I, just have a few minutes left. Yep. But the one thing probably what's coming up. Sorry. Left. No, you feel free. I'll, <laughs> I'll, ask, I'll ask my one more. Okay. okay. So, um, and maybe I'm going to step on yours. Um, nope. Anything fun coming up? Yeah, so uh, June 12th, we have um, a bio blitz in Wakanda Park. 
um, which will be super exciting. Um, I think there may also be baseball happening in the park that day. <laughs> so it's going to be an exciting time in Wakanda Park. Um, but that is uh, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. Go out with local scientists and help record the history of um, the biodiversity of Wakanda Park. Oh, fun. Um, so you can check that out on our That's Facebook cool. page, which is just uh, the Dunn County Historical Society. We do ask that you register ahead of time. It's totally free, um, but that's on Eventbrite, but all the links are on our uh, website. And then also uh, Old Fashioned Fourth of July, which will be on July 3rd. Um, again, in Wakanda Park, you can come down and we'll have some really fun activities uh, at the park. Fun. Um. Dustin and I both ha came up with an unrelated question that we wanted to ask, ask our guests just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, but before I get to that, I want to ask you, what is your favorite piece of vintage clothing that you have owned or come across? Because a good question. I know that that is something that you are passionate about, and I would love to know what your oh. prized possession is. Um, the most, I, so I have some things that are very rare or very, you know, unique. Um, but the most prized pieces I have are things that belong to family members. Yep. So I have a charm bracelet. It's actually mostly jewelry. I have a mm -hmm. charm bracelet that belonged to my grandmother that is full of charms. And the best charm on it is when my grandmother and grandfather got divorced. He got her a gold. It's a little toilet seat. <laughs> and when you open it, uh, so on the top of the toilet lid, it's in it's in or, uh, etched and it says, Dear John. And then you open it up. And on the inside of the lid, it says, can I swear? Can sure. I say the S? Go for it. It Let's says, go for oh, it. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Is that is pretty funny. Yep. And so I've got that and then a necklace that I wore with my great-grandmother when I went to go see Roger Whitaker at the Historic Fox Theater in downtown mm -hmm. Detroit okay. when I was like six. Um, so, yeah, some those Very pieces. Very special. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Lots of other pieces. Got a lot of fun military stuff that has mm -hmm. fun embroidery on it and things. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen you wear the same outfit twice to be honest <laughs> i'm sure that i have but it, you but she'll accessorize it differently exactly. so you know. that's how you know yeah. it's melissa when because yes. she stands right. out in a crowd you're like, in the best way who in the is best that way. person i know she was you just had some shoes on a couple weeks like brown ones like oh, the yeah. heels those were those even uh, caught my eye i was shout like shout out are to sweet. american duchess female-owned historic reproduction company oh uh, yeah go. i was like, even Amazing. i was like these are pretty cool shoes yeah that's awesome edwardian reproductions what, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great shout out people will probably appreciate yeah that. i hope so right? my other my personal question for you besides that <laughs> is um what's your favorite thing that you've cooked or eaten lately I love food, so I love to hear what people are. <laughs> this is a hilarious question. Oh, you question. work at a grocery store? Who I thought? know. It's weird that I work in the food industry and <laughs> love food. So um, my husband is the one who does 99.9% .9 of the cooking uh, in our house. We always joke that I look at the refrigerator and all I see are ingredients. Yep. There's nothing to eat. It's just <laughs> ingredients. Um, but I would say, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the last time I like cooked something. Or like a meal that you've eaten lately if you cooked oh, a lot. Like oh, something okay. That so um, stands last out. night even, we had homemade split pea soup Ooh. with a half a grilled cheese. And then our first, um, he got some some little English biscuits, like McVitie's biscuits, mm -hmm. um, with vanilla ice cream all, this is all from the co-op, by the way. Mm. Uh, vanilla ice show. cream. Oh, nice plug. And uh, I didn't the, pay her for that. The first <laughs> fresh strawberries. Yum. Oh, nice. So that that was great. Yeah. There's nothing better than the first like 
spring early summer oh, the things coming out oh, okay. I, oh my gosh i That's... just made a strawberry rhubarb crisp a couple nights ago mm-hmm. because of the same thing i was yeah. like mm. i just think that was the first asparagus yeah there's something about it i don't know what it is but man it's so good it just tastes it's better. a sign of of spring and spring. Life it is. i think that's what it is i think there's nothing about it other than oh stuff's alive yeah. that i can eat again exactly can't wait. just yep. like those first tomatoes in the in the garden yep. those yes. cherry tomatoes oh. they taste like candy because yes. <laughs> so good so yeah. i think mine's always going to be a little harder but mm-hmm. so becca obviously has talked about she likes food i love movies mm-hmm. so i was going to do the hard question of what's your favorite movie which is always a hard one, but if there's always one that'll come to your head first, so that's what I always say for people to take. So uh, you can't. You only get one. You can't give me. Can't <laughs> that give is me, a really hard question. I like it. That's why I like it because I like forcing people to give one. I'm one of the few people that has one, so I like making other people have one. Just go for it. You have one in uh, mind. Well, so I just don't want to say it. The first, like the first one, that springs into my mind that I can watch anytime is White Christmas. Oh, okay. Because I love Danny Kaye. Yep. Um, And there's a lot of firsts in that movie, in movie history, that are really great. Yep. Um, But then... um, Nope. White Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Sneak it in there. Sneak it in there. A classic. A classic. Well, there's so many things that we didn't get to you about. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, we'll definitely have to have you on in the future. I would love to. Because we we, we have so many other questions, but I love listening to the Wilson stuff. I think people, especially listening to this podcast, will really appreciate that. Yeah. Because I think the Wilson Place Mansion, since it has been closed for a few years Mm -hmm. now, um, is a constant, like, it's almost like a... A mystery. It's a little mystery. Yeah. yeah. Like you it's drive past without... it regularly, but. Right. It's a mystery without being a mystery. So. Yeah. There's definitely on the uh, www.donehistory.org. We do have some information about Wils- the history of Wilson Place Mansion. Um, Wilson Place does still have a Facebook page. Um, uh, so it doesn't get updated super regularly, but there's photos and things on there to check out. Sure. Too, so. Great. Perfect. Well, thanks for being here. We yeah. appreciate first guest down. Yeah. Oh. Oh, please say one more uh, Dunn County Historical Society on Instagram, yes. on Facebook, uh, and uh, our again, our website is www.dunnhistory.org. Great. Perfect. Go go visit all of their different channels. They yeah. are always posting cool different historical <laughs> things. You can learn some Yes, if you want to follow local history. Histor- history, there's a lot of history gets posted on the Facebook especially too. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for being on. We will definitely have you back again if you're interested. There are so many other unique stories that I want to hear your take on. So, Well, I appreciate you having me and thank you for doing this podcast. It's really a cool idea. I think it's going to be great. We're pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks. See you next time.